This book is an attack on current city planning and rebuilding. It is also, and mostly, an attempt to introduce new principles of city planning and rebuilding, different and even opposite from those now taught in everything from schools of architecture and planning to the Sunday supplements and women's magazines. My attack is not based on quibbles about rebuilding methods or hair-splitting about fashions and design. It is an attack, rather, on the principles and aims that have shaped modern, orthodox city planning and rebuilding. In setting forth different principles, I shall mainly be writing about common, ordinary things. For instance, what kinds of city streets are safe and what kinds are not. Why some city parks are marvelous and others are vice traps and death traps. Why some slums stay slums and other slums regenerate themselves even against financial and official opposition. What makes downtowns shift their centers? What, if anything, is a city neighborhood, and what jobs, if any, neighborhoods in great cities do? In short, I shall be writing about how cities work in real life, because this is the only way to learn what principles of planning and what practices in rebuilding can promote social and economic vitality in cities, and what practices and principles will deaden these attributes. There is a wistful myth that if only we had enough money to spend, the figure is usually put at a hundred billion dollars, we could wipe out all our slums in ten years, reverse decay in the great, dull gray belts that were yesterday's and day-before-yesterday's suburbs, anchor the wandering middle class and its wandering tax money, and perhaps even solve the traffic problem. But look what we have built with the first several billions. Low-income projects that become worse centers of delinquency, vandalism, and general social hopelessness than the slums they were supposed to replace. Middle-income housing projects, which are truly marvels of dullness and regimentation, sealed against any buoyancy or vitality of city life. Luxury housing projects that mitigate their inanity, or try to, with a vapid vulgarity. Cultural centers that are unable to support a good bookstore. Civic centers that are avoided by everyone but bums, who have fewer choices of loitering place than others. Commercial centers that are lackluster imitations of standardized suburban chain store shopping promenades that go from no place to nowhere and have no promenaders, expressways that eviscerate great cities. This is not the rebuilding of cities. This is the sacking of cities. Under the surface, these accomplishments prove even poorer than their poor pretenses. They seldom aid the city areas around them, as in theory they are supposed to. These amputated areas typically develop galloping gangrene. To house people in this planned fashion, price tags are fastened on the population, and each sorted-out chunk of price-tagged populace lives in growing suspicion and tension against the surrounding city. When two or more such hostile islands are juxtaposed, the result is called a balanced neighborhood. Monopolistic shopping centers and monumental cultural centers cloak under the public relations hoo-ha, the subtraction of commerce and of culture, too.
from the intimate and casual life of cities. That such wonders may be accomplished, people who get marked with the planner's hex signs are pushed about, expropriated, and uprooted much as if they were the subjects of a conquering power. Thousands upon thousands of small businesses are destroyed, and their proprietors ruined with hardly a gesture at compensation. Whole communities are torn apart and sown to the winds, with a reaping of cynicism, resentment, and despair that must be heard and seen to be believed. A group of clergymen in Chicago, appalled at the fruits of planned city rebuilding there, asked, Could Job have been thinking of Chicago when he wrote, Here are men that alter their neighbor's landmark, shoulder the poor aside, conspire to oppress the friendless, reap they the field that is none of theirs, strip they the vineyard wrongfully seized from its owner. A cry goes up from the city streets where wounded men lie groaning. If so, he was also thinking of New York, Philadelphia, Boston, Washington, St. Louis, San Francisco, and a number of other places. The economic rationale of current city rebuilding is a hoax. The economics of city rebuilding do not rest soundly on reasoned investment of public tax subsidies, as urban renewal theory proclaims, but also on vast involuntary subsidies wrung out of helpless site victims. And the increased tax returns from such sites, accruing to the cities as a result of this investment, are a mirage a pitiful gesture against the ever-increasing sums of public money needed to combat disintegration and instability that flow from the cruelly shaken-up city.